All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Aloe. This is the Fredco Redneck Football League, and we are entering week six. This week, I have a special guest with me. It is Struss, and he is the team owner of We Suck Again. How's it going? It's going well. How are you doing, Chief? I ain't doing too shabby. All right, you are two and three, which isn't terrible right now, but how do you think your team's looking so far? So, two and three doesn't look great, but... I think one of the biggest things that's affecting my team is um, losing my first two overall picks. Uh, Having Saquon gone and Austin Eckler miss at least what it's looking like four to six weeks is a huge thorn in my side because running back position is definitely the shallowest position uh, in any format. Um, So just being able to try to find guys to fill that void has been very challenging, but... um, I think two weeks through five or two wins through five weeks is not too terrible. So it could be worse. I could be zero and five. Uh, sorry, Peter. Yeah, it could be like Peter down there zero and five. Don't know what he's doing. But uh, have you been involved in any trying to get any trades going? Getting any big free agent wire pickups? So no trades yet. There have been talks with three individuals, three teammates, yourself included. A couple weeks back, um, it's just nothing, nothing quite there yet for what I'm looking for. Uh, Peter had actually given me a pretty decent offer last week. However, I'm pretty tied to Cream Hunt at the moment, so I can't quite give up on him yet. Just because, like I said, running back position is very shallow, so uh, I need to keep the guys that I have left. Um, but uh, at least for waiver wire transactions, I'm pretty sure there's one guy that a lot of guys in this league are going to be targeting um i don't know if we should share that or not but since waivers are uh (laughs) are active this this evening so but yeah so far pretty quiet on the trades it looks like it's that way for most of the league um i think only two trades have gone through in total um which is a little strange for our league but i don't know I'm always looking for trades. I know you I got two tight ends. I'd rather get rid of one of them, but for the right price. Since I did help out Zach last week or two, I do like C.D. Lamb and Freeman for Jonathan Taylor. Y'all bashed me about that, but they both got me like 15 points the first week I had them. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit surprised that Freeman did so well considering that Saquon uh, couldn't do anything with that offensive line, which is pretty trash. But, uh, I mean, I've got him in another league, so he's definitely um, somebody to monitor, definitely moving forward. He's received the majority of that workload in that backfield. So um, he might he might turn out all right. Who knows? Yep. And uh, where do you think he'll finish this year, hopefully? Oof. Uh, I'm trying not to repeat. Um keg last year was not kind on my wallet so um if if i have a chance to make playoffs i'd be surprised but everybody's going to try to be top top five there i guess there's top seed gets a buy so if i can finish somewhere between the six and eight range i'm pretty sure that's where i'll finish but uh realistically i don't think i'm winning this league at all no, we need uh, CJ and Josh's team to get some injuries going up there. I think they've been lucky so far this year. It's like Todd none. said last week, they have avoided the injury bug. Um, they have no injuries to any of their top players, so 
they can just plug and play them each and every week and um, it seems to be no issue for them just yet but um, I hope none of their players get hurt I never want to see any player get hurt but it's just something to keep keep in mind you know so you may have to play uh, play a little bit smarter I guess and grab some backups just in case but yeah their teams look great so far yeah, but I think no one's trying to be that last place team and buy that keg. I remember the first year we did it, of course, I came in dead last and yeah. had to buy the keg on a college salary working yeah. at Dick's. That was fucking terrible. And you were not 21 at that and time. And I was either. not 21, so I had to get <laughs> Zach to go out and get the keg for me. Yeah, nobody wants that keg. Nope. All right, I ask everybody this. Probation boy. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about him coming back in the league, and where do you stand now? So I actually was probably the spot that took over Eric once he had been removed from the league. So I can't speak for what he was like at that time. However, um, I was reluctant to letting him back in the league. In fact, I voted against him, uh, myself and many others. So did I. Yep, uh, for good reason. But uh, so far, Eric's behaved himself. Um, he was a little bit upset this past week, and I understand why, but it is fantasy, and you got to plan for some some things going on, especially with COVID going on. But um, I will have to say he's been very well behaved, and um, I can definitely see him coming back into the, the league as a permanent, permanent manager. Yep, and like Todd said last week, it's better than having people that are hours away and have to do video chat to do a draft it's better if people are here yeah physically yep but so far he has been behaving himself i haven't had any of those dickheaded text messages from him in the group chat like i had years past yeah you've avoided those it seems that jt has taken that place so and that's fine by me yeah. all right well uh we'll go into this Le'Veon bell was released by the jets mm-hmm. last night I was actually a little surprised. He just came off an injury, just got off the IR and played a little. I thought that head coach would go first before because they ended up benching Sam Darnold for Flacco. So I I was shocked by that move. Since all these injuries are going around with running backs, I felt like he would be more of a stay home, keep them in the locker room type deal. Yep, I would say so too. I mean, it's, it's pretty – Obvious that Frank Gore and um, whoever else is back in that backfield, I think it's Dion Lewis at this time, they're not able to pick up the, the slack here. Now, I will say that <clears throat> it is tough behind a Jets offensive line because they they look awful. That whole team does. Um, really, There are very few fantasy viable players on that team, but um, now I'm kind of excited to see where he ends up. There, like you said, there are many, many teams with injuries, so I think a lot of people can benefit from this situation. Oh, yeah. I just hope he doesn't go to the Chiefs because having him and Hilaire back there with Mahomes and all those offensive weapons they already have, if I could sit there and pick in his ear and tell him one thing, if he got a contract offer from Seattle, he better take that and run. I don't care how much money they're going to give him because that's my Super Bowl pick right there. They're probably going to go they'll probably lose one or two games this year and get a first round bye and get into the Super Bowl. So if he's looking to win I say that would be his best bet. Yeah, I mean, also with Carlos Hyde being catching the injury bug there just a bit um, it's very it's very likely a spot to end up. Um, 
Chris Carson also has an injury history. He's, uh, he's got that bum hip. So uh, if he ends up going out any of these weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like Le'Veon Bell goes and hops over there. Um, I think another team to take a look at, though, is probably Chicago with, let's see, who's that backup? I can't even. I think it's still Montgomery over there. I don't know who Montgomery else. Montgomery to start, but somebody tore an ACL that I can't recall the name. Was that uh, Cohen? Yeah, Tariq Cohen. Yeah, so he's gone. And <laughs> who is it? Cordero Patterson? Is a wide receiver slash running back in their offense at the moment, which yes. is kind of scary. But, I mean, he hasn't really done too much. Caught a couple swing passes out there and took him big, but that's about it. Right. So that would be a smart move as well. So, but, yeah, yeah it could be anywhere at this point. Who knows? Yeah. All right, now going into the standings for our league so far for this week is we still got Amdahl's hairline up there at 5-0. That's CJ's team. We got Bush Light Matters at number two, also at 5-0, and that's Josh's team. Coming into the three and two teams, at third place, we got Jackie Moon, which is Eric's team. David's Johnson, B equals sign, equal sign D, which is Tim's team. Down with the Jasik. Todd's team at five. Now we're going into the two and three teams. At number six, we got Illegal Pat Downs, which is mine, and We Suck Again, which is Struss's team. Going into number eight at one and four is McCafe, which is JT's team, and at nine, we got Catalina Wine Mixin, which is Zach's team, also at one and four. Coming in dead last at number 10, Miles Masonry, 0-5, and, and that's Peter's team. And looks like he is starting the running of the keg race. He is leading the pack and doesn't look too good for him. He needs to do something over there, make some trades or something to get his team rolling to at least tie the other two teams in front of him. So hopefully I don't go down there because I don't think anybody wants to buy that keg. But we'll jump right into the first matchup. We got illegal pat downs against we suck again. Oh, it's both of us going head to head. I yeah, like I it. I like it. Oh yeah. So Yahoo has me winning fifty-three percent with ninety-eight point one seven points to your ninety-five point four points. It's gonna be a close one. Right now I have Tyler lock it in which is on a buy I need to I'm trying to pick up someone off the waiver wire if not I got some backups that I can plug in there for this week you also have Will Lutz who's on buy so you're going to have to find yourself a new kicker mm-hmm. but going down with the quarter let's start at the quarterbacks we have Patrick Mahomes going against Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are up there for top three quarterbacks in fantasy football especially now with Prescott going down so those two are going to put up points, and they're both playing each other on Monday night. Man, at 2 p.m. So I feel like that's going to be a shootout. They're both going to have to throw the ball probably 30 times, both eclipse 300 yards passing with two touchdowns. They both might even sprinkle in a rushing touchdown. Yeah, I think um, I think this is a really good matchup. It's just funny that the two teams are actually playing each other too so um we did see 
Vegas tear apart uh, Kansas City's defense last week. That's uh, probably the biggest upset of the weekend with them putting up 40 points. Pretty crazy, but it just shows that that defense does have a lot of weak points there. But not to mention um, Buffalo's defense, even last night, Tennessee walked right on over them. Um, it, was, it was pretty brutal to watch, actually, but I'm expecting a lot of balls thrown in this game, too, so these guys should be putting up uh, some pretty high-level numbers here, no doubt. Yep, so it could be a toss-up to whichever one will outscore the other. Let's go down to the wide receivers. You have Galladay and Brown, A.J. Brown, and I have CeeDee Lamb, and I'll probably plug in Jarvis Landry. I will definitely take your wide receivers over mine. C.D. Lamb will get me a good amount of points. I don't know about Jarvis Landry, uh, especially going up against Pittsburgh. Uh, Arizona for C.D. Lamb, which wouldn't be too bad because Mari Cooper will probably have uh, Patrick Peterson following him, so that will be all right. You have Kenny Galladay going against Jacksonville, which should be a cakewalk for them over there with Detroit. Uh, and A.J. Brown put up good numbers last night. He got a touchdown, a bunch of targets, and a bunch of yards. So, And he's going against Houston. So I'm definitely taking your wide receivers in this matchup. Yeah, um, I'm a little disappointed in Jarvis Landry's numbers this year. I think, um, I think he played really well last year, and it was a big struggle with Odell and Baker Mayfield making some sort of connection. It just seemed like Landry was getting more of this, more of the target share there and was producing a lot more. So I don't exactly know what's going on this year. They are certainly a run-first team, but I think his his game is, or his week is coming here soon. Um, it's just for my sake. I hope it's not this week, but we'll see. We'll see. But um, I guess looking at Dallas, though, too, with, with Dak going out, I don't know what's going to happen with this receiver core. There are a lot of mounts to feed there. You got three three pretty solid wide receivers. You now have a tight end, Schultz. I don't even know his first name, but he's soaking up a bunch of the target share. And then you also have Zeke on there, who's one of the best receiving backs in the league. So I don't know if Andy Dalton is going to be able to spread it around so much, which is why I have Michael Gallup on my bench at this moment. But it'll be interesting to see because um, he did look a little bit promising towards the end of that game on Sunday. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. All right, now going down to the running backs, you have Hunt and Lindsey to my Hilaire and Freeman, which this could be probably the closest matchup we have going against each other because I don't know how well Lindsey's going to do against New England since – Gordon's over there, probably taking a majority of the touches. Lindsey will get you those catches, though. And with my Freeman, he did have a great game last week, but he's going against Washington, which has a good front defensive line. Yes. And if he can get out past that, he should be fine. But Hilaire is always going to get me those 10, 15, some points. Kareem Hunt is probably going to be the highest scoring running back between all of our running backs because he's going to be the main guy catching passes and making probably Pittsburgh's defense look a little silly out there. So I got to go with my running backs here just because if you had anybody other than Philip Lindsay over there, I'd go yours. Yeah, that's where my first two rounds would certainly come in handy with Eckler or Barkley. But I think one of the 
nice things that Lindsey kind of has going for him at this moment is uh, Melvin Gordon got himself into some trouble. Um, he's doing a little drinking and driving, you know, playing some bumper cars. But um, I don't know if that's going to affect his, his availability this weekend for this game, if he's going to get penalized or fined or even uh, miss a week or two. But if that does happen, Lindsey should see the bulk uh, in that that backfield there. It's just not an ideal situation, though, going against New England. So very tough defense. We'll see if he's able to pull it out. But, yeah, I agree. I, I do think um, you have the superior running backs over here. Hilaire definitely has a very safe floor. He's almost always going to get you double-digit fantasy points here. I would be a little... I don't know if I would tamper expectations here just because I think this game is, might be more of a shootout with two stud quarterbacks going against each other. Um, it might diminish some of the workload in the backfields for either end here, but um, I think he's evolved enough in the passing game where he's definitely going to have an impact here. So, um, But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think your, your running backs have much better matchups this week and are probably going to put up better numbers, but... We'll see. Yep. All right. Now going down to the tight ends, I have Mark Andrews against who's that? Juno Smith. Johnu Smith. Johnu Smith over there in Tennessee. Uh, the only reason I'm going with Andrews is because he is Lamar Jackson's go-to in the red zone, so he will probably get majority of his looks there. He's almost guaranteed at least one touchdown. And he'll get four or five targets within the field. So he will give me double-digit points. Any other tight end in the league outside of the top three or four? I see you do have Darren Waller on yeah. a bye, which is Ballers on a probably going to hurt you a little bit. Yeah, I think this one's clear. You definitely get it. He gets, he gets a big target share there. Uh, I don't know if Baltimore is going to need to be throwing the ball so much against Philly, but... We'll see. He does get all of the red zone targets. The one thing that I would be concerned about with him, though, is that Lamar Jackson has seemed to overthrow him quite a bit on some of the breakaways that he's able to make. And um, it's a little shame because it could definitely help Mark Andrews' numbers uh, when producing. But he's still able to make it work. I mean, he's got five receiving touchdowns already on the year. Um, pretty decent target numbers here. And uh, yeah, he's just a top-tier talent there at the tight end. Um, I think Johnny Smith is a great late-round pick, great uh, late-round selection there. But for me, I don't like having two Tennessee receiving cores on the you know starting within the same week. So we saw that Tannehill was able to distribute the ball. I mean, between the two players last night, they had three touchdowns and about 140-ish yards. So that's that's promising, but. Um, yeah, I got to give it to you here. It's definitely Mark Andrews all the way here between these two. Yep. Now going down to the flex, I have Kittle against your Tyler Boyd. And so far this year with Kittle, he the first game or two before he got hurt, it was okay points. Then he got hurt two weeks. And last, not last week, he barely did anything. But the week before, he got 30-some points. So his ceiling's high, his floor is low, but I haven't been keeping track of Boyd that much this year. How's he been doing? He's been doing all right. It looks like he is Burrow's top weapon, or at least favorite um, 
favorite outlet there. I know that T Higgins is a is an up and comer too, and they seem to be developing a connection. But um, I think it's a little strange that AJ Green hasn't been very prominent in this offense, especially for a team that has been throwing the most in the NFL over the first five weeks. I mean, what is Joe Burrow averaging like 50, 45, 50 throws a game? Pretty much. They have, they've been throwing the ball because they can't run with that offensive line and their defense can't really stop anyone. So they're always down in games. So Burrow's just going to have to throw, which is going to help him in next season and years to come getting this experience throwing the ball down. But I know A.J. Green from the stat line that came across the game last week that he is the number one targeted receiver in Cincy, but he is not the leading receiver because he's just not holding on to balls. And when Burrow does decide to throw to him, it is a little all over the place. So he tried to throw the needle uh, over the middle to A.J. Green last week and threw it five yards over his head and someone came down with the interception. So... Did get a little pass for us. Uh, ceiling's high for Kittle, but Boyd is probably Burrow's number one friend over there throwing the ball. It could be close. It could be. I like your matchup a bit better. Rams defense, uh, not not something to write home about here, but uh, Tyler Boyd is going up against Indies, uh, Indianapolis's second secondary there. So Indy has been pretty stout on defense so far this year. I don't like that matchup, um, but that's what you got to roll with here. So you go where the volume is, and I got to go Boyd. So, but I think between the two two players, Kittle is definitely a safer option. So um, it's it must be nice being able to plug in two tight ends on a weekly basis, especially at a position that's very or usually pretty shallow. So yeah, that's why I pulled those two in the draft. Thought might as well I can start two of them. Might as well get the top two at that position. All right, usually kicker and defense could give you one point, could give you 20-some points like we've seen already. Uh, Well, I don't think we're both going to vote for the other person here, so I think we're going to split it here. You pick yourself, I'm going to pick myself. Well, i got to get a kicker first, but but yeah, I agree with you, though. Yep, so it's just going to be a toss-up there, whoever wins. All right, down to the next game, we got... Cataline Wine Mixing, which is Zach, going up against Bush Light Matters, which is Josh. And it has... Actually, no. I had the wrong week. That was last week. This week, it's Cataline Wine Mixing, Zach, going against Amdahl's Hairline, which is CJ. And there are some people... Nope, it's just one person out on Zach's team, which is Prescott at quarterback. So he's either going to have to find someone quick off the waiver wires to put him in there. I have Tom Brady if you want to make a trade. But at the moment, until Zach figures out who his quarterback would be, it'll probably help his numbers out to make this a closer game because at the moment it's 87.84 Zach to CJ's 97.84. One three. So, at the moment, Zach needs to find a quarterback because he's losing in this matchup with Roethlisberger on the other side. We'll just skip down to uh, the wide receivers. You have Zach's DJ Moore and Cooper Cup going against CJ's 
Thielen and Schuster. Which, just looking at this, it's going to be a close game. Schuster isn't getting the looks he was supposed to be getting at the beginning of the season that we all thought he would because you got Claybull down there who had a four-touchdown game last week. And you got uh, Johnson over there as well getting those targets that mm -hmm. are starting to be Ben's new favorites. But you got Thielen over there going up against Atlanta. They're going to put up points against Atlanta. They've been, give, they've been probably the worst defense in the league. I think they're leading in touchdowns given up. And you have DJ Moore over there on Zach's side, which he hasn't been doing much either. Robbie Anderson has been doing all the work. But you got Cooper Cup, who is the leading receiver over there. But if I had to pick one... It would probably have to be Zach's side with DJ Moore and Cooper Cup just because I don't think Juju's going to be doing that much. He is also questionable at the moment. He has a knee problem and did not practice today. So, you got to keep an eye on him. But, yeah, I'm going Zach's wide receivers here. So, one thing to keep in mind, though, too, is that overall, Zach has probably the best receiving core out of any roster in our league but he also does have julio on the bench now julio has been having that hammy issue these past couple of weeks and they really should have limited his exposure to the game i don't want to say this past week but the week before because uh, it just looked like he aggravated his hammy again but um if he is able to play this week I don't know who he substitute him in for. Maybe DJ Moore. Um, always a flex, flex option there, too. But I think I'm actually going to lean Zach's way here. Juju hasn't seen more than eight targets, and that has been since week two. So Ben is doing a great job of spreading that ball around the offense. Now, I will say Thielen is... He's a clear wide receiver one. I mean, he and Kirk Cousins the past three seasons now have been just balling out. I mean, um, let's see, five touchdowns already through week five. Um, he's only had one bad week. It's it's clear that he's the number one target there. Um, I like Thielen a lot, especially against Atlanta where both teams are likely going to have to throw the ball a good bit. Atlanta always does. They're always playing from behind, so um, I do like feeling, but overall, I think I do got to go with, with Zach's, uh, Zach's bunch here. Yeah, I'm going to cut this off real quick and just say that Nick Saban has came down with COVID-19. He had to leave facilities today. That seems terrible for them right now. Yes, it does. That so, ain't good at all. Not Hopefully good over there. Healthy. Hopefully that doesn't mess up their season over there. All right, so, yeah, let's go down to the running backs, and I think this is where Zach takes control during this game. He has Joe Mixon and Jonathan Taylor against Adrian Peterson and Zach Moss because CJ's both top running backs are on by this week with Kamara and Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, and I don't like – I mean, Peterson will might get you double-digit points. He might get you close to seven with that loaded backfield over there. It's crowded over there. They got a lot of runners. I was surprised that Detroit even picked up Peterson. And Zach Moss over there, a backup running back in your starting spot, it's not going to look too good. And yeah. I think Zach will probably – 
don't really have to talk that much. Zach's going to take this one in his running back column again. Yeah, I think Zach was very fortunate this week to have both Kamara and Jacobs on a bye week or playing against them. Um, looks like CJ is a little shallow at running back position, at least at least in terms of volume. Peterson is in a backfield with three-headed monster there. I mean, you have on Johnson, and then you also have Swift back there too. So you never know which week who is going to produce, who's going to get the goal line work. Um, also, Zach Moss, he didn't even play past three weeks. He's been hurt. Um, so I don't know how that's going to play out for him. He's probably going to try to make a move on waivers or maybe some trades this week, but it's clear that Joe Mixon and Jonathan Taylor, um, they're going to get, they're going to get the, the rock most of the time here. I mean, I don't like Mixon's matchup against Indianapolis, but, um, even last week with Baltimore's defense playing against Baltimore's defense, he was able to put up solid numbers just from being able to catch the ball. So, if he's able to do that again, it's clear that Zach has the, the far superior running backs this week in this matchup. Yep. Now going down to tight ends, CJ has Schultz, the Dallas tight end, going against Zach Ertz for Zach. Zach Ertz hasn't been having a year like we're used to seeing from him. No, he's, he has he's not. Went down to that. I don't have a tight end, but I need one. So Zach Ertz will fill the gap he used to be a top three tight end before Andrew start coming around it used to be Gronk Kelsey and Ertz and now he's just slipped down there I don't know what they're doing in Philly because Wentz hasn't looked that good either no he has not um <laughs> Wentz is pretty good at throwing interceptions now I believe he had seven through week four something like that those are not good numbers at all but Ertz also has just not been looking great either I mean Last week, six targets, one reception for six yards. So um, I don't know what's happening, especially on an offense here where they're missing their best receivers and dealing with a bunch of people from the practice squad. I haven't even heard of most of these names that are out on each end here of the offense. And, I mean, they're the ones who are catching the ball and getting the volume. But I don't know what's happening with Ertz. I know Zach tried making an offer with me earlier this week, but um, – it's a little disappointing to see because he is a top-tier talent, but it's just not working out so far, and I don't know, I don't know how to fix it or what's going on there in that in that offense. But yeah, and you got Schultz over there with a new quarterback thrown to him, so we don't know how well that connection is going to be. Usually, mm-hmm. backup quarterbacks favor their wide receivers just because they're big-body people going against linebackers. So it might work out for him or. Like you said earlier, there's a lot of people to feed in that offense. Yep. Three great wide receivers, an upcoming star at tight end, and one of the league's best running backs. Yep. So, But I have to go with Schultz here in Dallas just because of what he's been doing these past few weeks over Ertz because Ertz with one catch for six yards might get you a whopping 1.1 point in this half PPR league. is not going to do too well. That's what he so, got. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Schultz has more upside here. He's He's been doing pretty solid uh, for somebody that was just picked up off waivers. I mean, he's he's putting up good numbers now. I don't know if Dallas is going to be throwing the ball as much because they have Andy Dalton back there now. They might 
let him wait a couple weeks before he gets comfortable enough with the pieces in that offense. I know he's had some time in the offseason to practice with them in each each week during practice, but um, I think this is good news for Zeke. Uh, however, everybody else definitely expect to take a little bit of diminishing in uh, the amount of points there. So, uh, but yeah, I still have to go Schultz here until Ertz has a big week. I don't know if I could I could really choose him in this situation. Yep, and I think this part of the game in this matchup will probably be the one to watch, the flex position. You got Will Fuller on Zach's team going up against McLaurin over there for CJ's team. Yes, Fuller gets a bunch of targets, a bunch of catches. He has three touchdowns on the year through five weeks. He eclipsed 100 yards twice, which just off that you would think, all right, we're going to both pick Fuller here. But you got Alex Smith throwing the ball now. He's going to have a full game back there. You're not going to have Haskins or Allen. You're going to have a seasoned vet who will probably make his production go up. Has he actually been confirmed to start? Well, I know Haskins isn't going to start. Allen's going through protocol right now. So I believe it is Alex Smith's turn to get the workload here yes uh mclaurin house has two games over 100 yards but he only has one touchdown on the year which i think this would change i think alex smith will start hitting him more in the red zone so i i can't really it's going to be a toss-up they're both two good wide receivers and offenses that they are the number ones there so I think it only comes down to who's going to score the touchdown this week. Yeah, that's tough. I like the matchup, however, with McLaurin going against the Giants secondary there. Giants are trash. But um, he should be expecting good numbers there. He was getting a few good looks there from Alex Smith at the end of last week's game. But I know McKissick stole a lot of those, not to mention Rams defense just absolutely trampled. Alex Smith. I think uh, they had something like eight sacks that game, oh, which yeah. is just ridiculous. I so, watched a little bit of it, and Aaron Donald jumped on Alex Smith's back like he was a backpack. And I was uh, like, oh, yeah, here he we said, go. Here goes Give me a piggyback ride. That's what he said, and that's what he did. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a little scary to see. But uh, I do have faith in Alex Smith. I think he's going to – It's it might take him a little bit to get back into the rhythm of things, but McLaurin is – that's just a nice piece in that offense. Um, yeah, it all depends on who's playing from behind here. So I like both of them. But like I mentioned earlier, Zach still does have Julio Jones on his bench at this moment. So there is a chance that he's healthy enough to play this week. I don't know what Zach's going to do. I'm glad I'm not in this position because choosing between Jones, Fuller, Cooper Cup, and who else do we got up there? DJ Moore. That is not an easy thing to do on a week-to-week basis. So, um, And CJ might have to think maybe taking out Juju and tossing in Stefan Diggs down there on his bench. That, oh, my gosh, yeah. That, that might be something to look at, too, going up against Kansas City because that's going to be a shootout. You also have – well, you don't have the uh, quarterback. That was last matchup, but still, he yeah. went off last game. I did not see that CJ had Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs has – Probably one of the largest target shares or target, you know, targets in the league. I mean, last night, six, 16 targets, 10 receptions for 106 yards. He's 
clearly Josh Allen's favorite target there. In half PPR format, he doesn't have fewer than 12.6 fantasy points. That is a very, very safe floor, and I would feel comfortable starting him any week, any week of the year. So, um, yeah, it looks like CJ probably has a tough decision to make too, but... Yeah, uh, it's it's nice to see this kind of matchup though. Receivers are definitely going to command bulk of the fantasy points scored between either of these two teams. So, um, but yeah, that's tough. I want to say McLaurin just because um, Washington generally plays from behind. I know this one's going to be much more closer because Giants suck. Uh, but yeah, I still have to go McLaurin here. Yep, I can't choose one. They're both two good wide receivers. But kicker and defense, toss-up, never know. But I think I voted against CJ last week, and I lost. Uh-huh. I'm doing it again. I'm going for it. I'm picking Zach. We're going from the bottom, beating the top. I want to see Zach become 2-4 and four after this week. This would be his chance. I think our only chance for CJ to get some type of loss with both his star running backs out. I think this is the week. Yeah. This is the week that CJ gets un- dethroned in this one. Yep. It's tough. Without any sort of running backs there to, to really rely on, um, I got to go Zach, too. This is definitely the week to capitalize on on buys. Uh, many teams are out on buys this week. Uh, unfortunately for CJ, that means his two best running backs. But this is where Zach needs to get a win here so he doesn't have to I guess battle it out for Peter at the bottom um, down there between ninth and 10th place. So good luck. All right. We're going to the next matchup, which is Mick Cafe, JT, against Jackie Moon, Eric. Now, Eric does have someone questionable down there. Dalvin Cook, he's projected zero points. What is going on with him? Because a groin did not practice today. Groin injury did not practice, so he's going to have to keep an eye on that one. I know something happened to him during the game, which had Madison get a little bit more productive. I think that's who you're talking about on the waiver wire. Yeah, there's no hiding that. It's it's Alexander Madison. He's the number one waiver wire pickup. Yeah, this week. and of course I had to drop him. Yeah, I saw up. that you had him. I had him all except for last week. I'm like, damn it, I got to pick up someone who's doing anything because Madison wasn't doing anything. Now, all of a sudden in the group chat, oh, what happened to Cook? Is it serious? And I'm like, shit, I'm going to have a bitty more going for Madison this week because, of course, I'm going back for him. I guess I got to get him. Yeah, I but, mean, that's that's a... Like I said, volume, and he's going to get it, and he's playing Atlanta, which is miserable. Um, Dalvin Cook, very injury, uh, has a big injury history there, so I hope for his his sake that he didn't do anything too serious, but they are going into a bye week the following week, which does help uh, Eric in his situation here, gives him another week to recover. Um, So hopefully by week, what do we got here, week eight? You can plug him into his lineup. He'll be safe. Yep. So going back up to the matchup, we have JT scoring 119.57 points to Eric's 99.8. 
with a 67% chance for JT to win, unless he fills in that running back slot with Cook. But going to the quarterback, he has Lamar Jackson going against Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson has not been at the ceiling we all thought he'd be at. He is not even in the top three for fantasy quarterbacks. He hasn't looked too good this year, overthrowing Mark Andrews a lot and Marquise Brown, Mm -hmm. which as a Ravens fan does not look too good. But we are winning. They're not beautiful wins or ugly wins, but still, I, I hope Lamar Jackson goes off, but Aaron Rodgers going against Tom Brady over there at Tampa. Good weather. I think I'm going to pick Rodgers in this one to outscore Lamar. Yeah. I mean, Rodgers has been yeeting that ball this whole year. He just, even without Adams. Even hasn't without had Adams. Adams just, got a, just got a bye week rest there, too. And you're going to have a healthy Devontae Adams coming back. I don't know what his other receiving options are looking like, but I mean, Lazar, Lazar's been looking good too. Is he back? Uh, I know he was out, but I don't know if he's come back. If he is come back, that's good. Even for better. Him. Uh, I mean, even the tight end Tanyan. I don't even know who that guy is, but he's been producing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just finding the finding the weapons to that are usable in that offense. I mean, um, yeah, he's he's looking solid. Um, so I got to go with him here. He doesn't have any interceptions yet on the year. Uh, 13 passing touchdowns through week four. Remember, he had a bye week, week five. Um, but he looks good. So Lamar, um, I don't know if it's the Baltimore offense trying to limit his his rushing attempts per game. But we all know that last year, a bulk load of what he was able to do or his production was on the ground. So um, and with him overthrowing some of these receivers, it definitely makes it difficult for him and fantasy owners. But I just feel like he's trying too much. It could be. Because he broke the record last year for rushing. Good. Now I feel like he's like, all right, everybody knows I can run. I'm going to get out of the pocket, bring up some defenders, and try to throw. I think that's what he's doing. I know watching a bunch of these games, he has 10 yards in front of him. No one's there, and he's still trying to throw the ball. I think it's him trying not to be so heavily on his legs, but I feel like he needs to do that so it looks better. Not saying he's a bad passer. It's not been looking pretty, but he needs to run more. Right. So, yeah, I think we both went with Rodgers. Let's go down to these wide receivers here. Zach has – or not Zach. JT has Evans and Ridley to Eric's – uh, Beckham and Hill. I say this every episode. I am not sold on Odell Beckham in that offense. It's too many people in there, especially when Chubb's there. There's just too many people to hit. He does get his points, though. I'm not going to knock him there. He does get <clears throat> a high. He has a high of 35 points, but he has a low of three. Right. And it's either past five games he goes three points 15 7 35 then eight his ceiling's high but that floor is normally where he's at yeah so browns are definitely a run first team and it's working out for them because let's see they are with one loss four and one so kudos to them the thing about odell um i actually own him in another league so i don't hate him um, 
Now his production is questionable on a weekly basis, but I do like his numbers in terms of targets. So week one, he did have 3.7 fantasy points, but he had 10 targets. Only three of those came up as completions. But 10, any any receiver getting 10 plus targets per game is uh, is somebody that I want to have my eyes on. His fewest targets per game is six, and he's had two weeks of those. I think he is getting the looks. It's just tough in an offense that is a run first. Not to mention, I don't know if he and Baker really have the best connection kind of going on. Um, I mean, you would think that'd be different. Yeah, right? you feel like Baker would be like, I have Beckham here. I'm just going to toss that ball up to him. You would think super big ego, that guy. Uh, I mean, I think even one of his three touchdowns this year had come from, wasn't it Landry who tossed it to him? Am I making that up? No, because I, I started Landry that week, and yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, shit, he has yeah, a passing touchdown. There you go. I'll Four take points it. points right there. So um, it's just tough to, to kind of predict when Odell is actually going to go off. So playing against Pittsburgh, very tough defense. I don't know if they're going to be able to run as reliably against this defense as they probably hope for. So that may open up the passing game just a bit more. Um, let's see who he's going against, though, is Mike Evans. And Mike Evans, I don't know if this is true or not, but six receiving touchdowns on the year. He probably has the most receiving touchdowns out of any player. I would be as bold as to say that but every game he's had a touchdown I mean the first week did get a little banged up so he didn't play the whole game got him six points but then the rest he got 19 13 21 12 and he's just getting over 100 yards he's getting touchdowns it's it's crazy I have him in another league and he's my probably my second top receiver in that league because I do also have Hopkins they just let me they let me take everybody in that league. Well, I I have Zeke in that league, Mixon, Hopkins, Evans, and it's just dog stupid. But I want to play with those people in that oh, league. Oh yeah. Uh, but Ridley, Ridley's also up there with getting a high volume of points. He got five points or zero points that one week because he did get a little banged up as well. But 29, 26, 14, and 17 points. Whew. Yeah, the goose egg, um, you got to look past the outlier there. He still had five targets that game, so not too bad. But in every game other than that, he's had over 109, at least 109 receiving uh, yards. So, I, I mean, he is just clear number one, at least for Matt Ryan. I know it's easy to say that with Julio over there, too, probably being double covered um, each and every game that he plays against. So it's easy for Calvin Ridley to eat. Um, but yeah, he is, he is looking so good. And funny thing at the draft end of fourth round, JT had this pick right before me and he chose Calvin Ridley and I was kicking myself in the pants and I wish, wish he did not draft him because he was going to be my next selection. So, uh, good job there. Wizzle. You definitely made out with one of the best receivers there in round four. So great value on that player there. Um, but. I think I'm going with uh, JT's receivers here. They look the most reliable out of all fantasy wide receivers so far those years. This, those two, Evans and Ridley, double-digit points pretty much every time they step on the field. Combined, what is it? They have 10 touchdowns. Evans has six. Ridley has four. That's 
a shit ton of points right there. Yep, it's a lot. Um, I'm not as sold on Mike Evans as you may be. I do think that touchdowns factor into a, an incredible amount of his points. I mean, look at the one week, though. He had two receptions for two yards and two touchdowns. How often does that happen? So I'll take it. Yeah, any points are good points. But um, Brady's definitely looking his way in the red zone, which is good for him. Um, we didn't talk about Eric's other receiver there, which is... Tyreek Hill. Uh, he is a deep threat. I don't care if he catches one ball. That one ball could be for 75 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, everybody it's... talks about his speed. He definitely is a, a, a gunner there on, the, on, the, on his legs. But he really doesn't get the best target um, percentage there. It's... Four out of the five weeks have six targets. Now, he's able to produce with those numbers. Um, and not to mention, he's one of the few receivers in the league that is also used in the rushing game. So that's very nice to have as well. Um, but not so great for PPR. But, I mean, he still produces each and every week. So <laughs> I think I may be uh, – this is tough. Gosh. I'm I'm going to have to go with Eric, I think, on this one. Oh, had to pick Eric. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say I like those more. Uh, like I said, Evans just too touchdown dependent, I think. Ridley definitely more than makes up for that more than enough, but I think I got to go Eric here. But I guess moving down to running backs, I think it's pretty clear who we're going with here. Yeah, we got JT with Mike Davis and James Conner to Eric's Cook and Singletary, unless he decides to toss in Dobbins or Swift. Eric does. I I don't think those two would really help him out much. He has Gaskin in his flex, which Gaskin has proved that he is somewhat reliable. Certainly no Dalvin Cook, but um, I would still feel comfortable throwing him in there. Singletary had... Uh, terrible night on Tuesday night football there. Uh, 11 rushes for 25 yards. That's just averaging over 2.2 yards per carry. Not good numbers. Um, I would be a little bit concerned about that. Um, but, yeah, you are right. Uh, I believe, would you say, Ian? Dobbins? Dobbins there? It's Got tough Dobbins to say. Dobbins and Swift. It's... Those two running backs are in a crowded backfield. At least three running backs in either one of those uh, backfields. Not looking good there for Eric. Uh, JT's guys, I mean, James Conner and Mike Davis. Mike Davis, what a guy. He's just going off. He is, each and every week. And I don't know if this is the week that McCaffrey comes back, but holy cow, this guy is... He's been nuts every single week that he's... I mean, even the game that McCaffrey went out, he still had over 10 fantasy points. So, he puts up RB1 numbers each and every week. I like this guy a lot. I kind of wish... definitely wish I would have picked him up, but... You know, um, I was about to trade for him. It was close. So, I asked JT. I asked J. I think it was one of my tight ends, probably. I asked JT... Mm. He shot me a trade offer, so I was like, hey, you interested in a trade? And he's like, yeah, and then I'm looking at his running backs. I'm like, ooh, is Mike Davis available? He goes, yeah, he is. And, of course, I had to talk with my my GM, Mr. Steve Dinges over there at Corona Drive. had to ask him what's up, and he said, do not do that. I was like, why? Mike Davis is a tank. 
he's getting good points. He goes, McCaffrey's coming back soon. I was like, ooh. Yeah, I would have. I would have whispered ooh. that to you too. I mean, I would have. I would have bought low if possible, at least until he comes back. But I mean, McCaffrey is probably out maybe one or two weeks more. And then yeah, and then I also was like, hey, JT, scratch that. Can I get McCaffrey? And he goes, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, all right, I, res- I respect that answer. I wouldn't do that either. I just shot in the dark. But, yeah, dude, I have to go his running backs. His running backs, James Conner isn't that great as a true number one. I put him probably in the top ten running backs, which isn't terrible. I'd like to have a top ten running back in my lineup. Yeah, but speak for yourself. I mean, he does put up good points. First week, he put up two. Then next, he has 19, 22, 13. It's not terrible. Yeah. Going against Cleveland, we should see. Miles Garrett does get the outside. I know Connor does a lot of outside moves, outside rushes, so don't run to his side. But I got to go his running backs over there, trying to do everything possible to find some way Eric loses. <laughs> yeah. Respectively. Yeah. Uh. Definitely easy pick there. I, I go JT's way too. Um, James Conner is actually a lot more efficient than I thought he was. Week one, don't forget, he got banged up in the first half there, so he was replaced by Benny Snell in at least the second half of the game, so can't count on those numbers. But every week since, he's looked pretty solid. So touchdown in each of his last three appearances, uh, at least on the ground. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, he's looking pretty good, pretty good. All right, now going down to the tight ends. They're not – everybody knows them. They're not top tier. I say they're around mid-tier tight ends with Evan Ingram on JT's side and TJ Hawkinson on Eric's side. TJ Hawkinson has the most points. He has had the biggest margin in week one with around 13-ish points. Evan Ingram has been – struggling he gets three five maybe a nine point game here and there but that offense over there in new york is just god awful it's pretty he probably would be a little better if they had saquon there to take some of the distraction away from him absolutely but without him there but they are going against washington but hawkinson is going against jacksonville two not so good defenses right but i gotta go hawkinson here i gotta go on eric's side because i do like looking at tight ends i think tight ends is my favorite position so i do like like my tight ends so hawkinson at jacksonville is going to get more than evan ingram in washington i think so too um it's just a nice piece of that offense i like i have i have uh kenny galladay so having somebody like tj hawkinson is nice because it Alleviates some of the pressure from the defense. It takes some of it away from Galladay. So um, he definitely gets some decent-looking target numbers there. Not anything crazy. In fact, Evan Ingram actually gets more targets um, on average. But I don't know what it is. They just weren't able to do much. And I thought against maybe Dallas, they would be able to get he would be able to get more than two targets. But two targets and one catch for 16 yards is... It's not great. I don't know where the nine came from. He must have had some, something on the ground. But, um, yeah, it's a little concerning for Evan Ingram, especially since he was projected to be top eight fantasy tight end. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards Hawkinson as well. Yeah, now going down to the flex, Eric Gaskin and J.T. Hilton. Without even just going into depth, I have to go Gaskin because he is a running back. He is up there. I say at least he's in the top 15 at running back. T.Y. Hilton over there in Indy has not been having that great of a season. Yeah, he's looking He's not even bad. in the top 15 in fantasy wide receivers. Great dude, great wide receiver, but not showing up in fantasy. So, Gaskin's going against the Jets. I was just going to say, look he's, at the matchup He's going there. to run all over them. Yep. And Cincy for Hilton. Eh. It's average. Average. He'll get. He'll probably get close to ten. He's not going to outscore Gaskins though. Gaskins might put up seventeen plus. Could get in the twenty range. Yeah, I like Gaskin in this one too. Jets are probably the number one team that you want to beat up against. They suck. Both teams in New York are just miserable. Um, hey, they're both going for uh, that Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Tank for Lawrence. Yeah, this year. you got a tank. Um, they're doing a good job of it. Um, but let's see here. Phillip Rivers hasn't looked the best this year, and he is who's slinging the ball over to T.Y. Hilton. And you want to hear something? I had a conversation with one of the soccer coaches at FCC, and he sat there and picked at me and said, Phillip Rivers will get in the Hall of Fame before Eli Manning. I say that is false. Just because of, look, he had all these weapons at San Diego or L.A., whichever one you want to say. Eli Manning hasn't really had that core around him other than Odell Beckham for a little bit. He has two Super Bowls over Tom Brady. Yeah. That's that's just me. I think neither one of them are first ballot Hall of Famers, but I say Eli Manning does get in before Rivers. I think I agree with that. It's funny, too. They're both same draft class, so along with Big Ben. But. And they were both traded. Yeah. They both picked up by their other teams, traded, and that's where they were. All right, going off topic, my fault. Uh, kickers and defense is up in the air. If I had to pick anybody, I'm going JT side. Always got to pick those underdogs. Love me some underdogs. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for Eric, missing Dalvin Cook there is just a big hole, a big hole to fill. I don't know if he's going to have somebody to kind of take that workload and at least somewhat level off what JT's guys are, are probably going to put up. But, um, yeah, I got to go. I got to go JT's way here. So um, I'll wrap that one up but there. All right, now going to our next matchup. We got Miles Masonry, which is Peter's team, going against David Johnson's B equal sign equal sign D, which is Tim's team. And right now it has a 69% chance for Tim's team at 117.59 points to 94.9 points for Peter. And it does look like Peter does not have anybody in for his tight end position. That's why the scoring is so skewed. Does he have anybody on his bench? He has Cook on a bye, and that is it. Peter, 
I will take one of your star players <laughs> off your hands for Get one of my tight ends. I'd take Chubb. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't care. Give him to me. But we'll go into that if he listens in, and maybe I'll shoot him a text after this one. All right, going against uh, quarterbacks, he, Peter has Kyler Murray to Tim's Matt Ryan. I like Kyler Murray in this one just because he has that run factor ability. And Matt Ryan hasn't had that great of a year. Yeah. Throwing. I mean, he has 23 and 28 points in the first two weeks. Then he gets 11 and 12. Then last week, a whopping six points for a quarterback is not going to help you out. Your quarterback should be your highest scoring player unless one of your people below him has an outrageous game like Aaron Jones did week two against me had like 40 some points thanks a lot but I gotta go Kyler Murray here Kyler Murray's going up against Dallas anybody going against Dallas even with Dallas that quarterback is throwing ridiculous yards and Matt Ryan's going against Miami which other than last week when the Dolphins put a whooping on San Fran but teams are mainly going to be running against them. So I have to go Kyler Murray against Dallas this week over Matt Ryan. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, Kyler Murray's numbers are fantastic. Like you said, his ground game, uh, man, that is nice to have in a, in a quarterback position there. I mean, his numbers look great, too. A um, couple weeks with multiple touchdowns. He uh, really doesn't have too many multi-touchdown weeks, actually, now that I'm looking at it. I mean, but he has a super safe floor. I mean, every every game that he's played so far is at least 21 fantasy points. Uh, week four, kind of have a little bit of a dud that game, I guess, with 133 passing yards, which is not what you want to see, but three tuds, yeah, I mean, that's that's nice. Not to mention his, he, he probably, what, has a rushing touchdown just about every other game at this point now. So super safe floor. I like him a lot. I don't know what's going on with Matt Ryan. I don't know if it has anything to do with Julio's injury or, or what's going on there, but he does not look so great. He started off the year fine, but now he's he's in a bit of a slump, and I feel bad for Tim in this case because he has Justin Herbert on his bench. However, they are on a bye week, so... That would be nice to be able to plug in somebody like this at that time. All right. But unfortunately, that's just how it goes here. And Yeah, I'm going to have to side with you too. Kyler Murray is looking good for me. Yep, now going down to the wide receivers, we got Peters, Robert Woods, and Devontae Adams finally healthy. Probably help Peter out here in this one against Robbie Anderson and was that Jamison Crowder over there with the Jets? Yeah. Playing a Jets player this week. Yeah, uh, so Tim's receivers at first glance look a little questionable. However, Robbie Anderson looking really good. A ton of targets coming his way. He doesn't even need to have a touchdown for him to put up good fantasy numbers. Super safe. Bridgewater seems to love him there, and uh, I like him a lot. Um, now, I know you were scoffing at Crowder here a bit, but he's missed two weeks. But in each of the games that he has played, he has had over 10 targets, at least 10 targets, and every one of his games, over 100 receiving yards. So not many players that are able to do that sort of thing. 
I was speaking earlier about very few players from the Jets roster that you can actually plug in and have faith in, and Crowder is the top dog there. So um, it appears whoever's thrown to him, whether it be uh, is it Darnold, Sam Darnold, and uh, it's Flacco. I guess Flacco's going now. So um, they seem to like him. Uh, he's huge in PPR formats, and I like him a lot. Um, but I guess going over to Pete's guys, he's got to be very happy that Devontae Adams is finally back. I mean, he looked fantastic week one. It's a shame that he was injured, but he he is definitely by far Aaron Rodgers' favorite target, and he is going to eat. Um, not to mention Robert Woods looking over there pretty good, too. He's got a safe floor. I like him a lot. Um, this, I think, is actually going to be ended up closer than what you think but just for me I gotta go with Pete's receivers they are more uh, tested definitely got some I guess okay matchups here so sign me up for Pete's Pete's receivers yep I like Pete's receivers too sorry Tim uh, but now going down to the running backs this is where Tim's side is going to blow up he has Derrick Henry and Todd Gurley which both them top 10 running backs in fantasy football right now against Kenyon Drake and Jones the second Kenyon Drake has not been looking good you might see Arizona picking up Le'Veon Bell might help out over there might be a good fit for Arizona and Bell but Kenyon Drake has not been looking good Jones did have a good game last week but that's another backfield that is crowded. You have Leonard and is it McCoy over there? I forget about Shady in that. Yeah, Shady is over there. So if he has a good game like he did the past two weeks, then yeah. But those two running backs are going to be what wins the game for Tim over there with Derrick Henry and Todd Gurley. Absolutely. I know Tim was a little bit disappointed with Henry's usage last night, but he is getting the bulk load of the work there at the the red zone, as he should. The guy is just huge. He's a monster. I mean, I would love to have somebody like him on my team. Um, Two touchdowns kind of saved him last night as far as fantasy goes, but um, if that's somebody that they're going to put in there when they're within the red zone, sign me up. I mean, even Todd Gurley, he has looked really, really good these past three weeks at least. Four touchdowns through the past three weeks. A lot of good numbers there uh, on the ground and receiving. Um, So sign me up for that. Uh, I will say I am not sold on Kenyon Drake. I did not like him going into this season. Uh, It just seemed to me like David Johnson going – only put him in that same position that Johnson has been in the past few years. That offensive line is awful. Um, I don't like it. I don't I don't want any part of it, and I'm sorry that that's kind of the way that things turned out. Luckily for Peter, it was his keeper, so he had him at a later round, but it's just a little bit frustrating, I'm sure, for Peter that Drake is just not being used as much or producing as is what he wants but Ronald Jones hey he's he's been surprising me um it is a big backfield back there I don't know if Fournette's going to be back this week or not but 
so far he's been looking pretty good. I used him in the passing game too, so um, yeah, I do like him, but it's easy to pick Henry and Burley over for Drake and Jones is second here. So. Yep. Now going down to the tight ends, Tim's Kelsey against Peter's nobody. Doesn't matter who he puts up against Kelsey. Kelsey is the number one respected tight end in fantasy football. If you got him, it's always a play. And he's going to always outscore the other tight end on the other side. Doesn't matter who he puts in. So I'm all, it doesn't matter. Kelsey over anybody. Doesn't matter if it's Andrews or Kittle. Kelsey's going to outscore anybody. Yep. Absolutely. Just got to – I don't know what Peter's going to do. Obviously, waiver wire, maybe even a trade. Who knows? But I don't think anybody that he plugs into this lineup is going to be able to stack up against Kelsey. So just that offense is too potent, and um, Kelsey's just too good. Yep. Going down to the flex, you got Tim's James Robinson going up against Peter's Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown's ceiling is extremely high, almost like a Tyreek Hill type player, but that ceiling is low. Lamar overthrows him a lot. He hasn't really had that much production outside of week one. Uh, he does, the past two weeks, does have eight to ten targets for over 75 yards with one touchdown, but James Robinson has been one of those players that was picked up off the waiver wire that no one saw at the beginning of the year, having a tremendous campaign. So I got, even with the matchup right here, you got him going against Detroit. Detroit's not a powerhouse. Marquise Brown's going against Philly, which I see them running the ball, if anything, against them more than what they have been doing the past few weeks. But it could be close. It could be a really close game. Yeah, uh, I want to go ahead and say it. I'm picking Robinson here 100%. Um, You always hope that you are the fantasy manager that picks up the stud running back that somehow goes unnoticed or ends up breaking out on the waiver wire. And I think Tim Tim got that guy this year when he picked up James Robinson. The guy looks great. Granted, he didn't have a great week in week five. However, um, he's getting the targets. He's getting the rushing attempts on the ground. It's it's clear to go where the volume is, and he's getting it. Let's see. Hollywood is more of a boomer bust sort of player. He also It also depends on how Lamar is looking throwing-wise. I do not think that they will have an issue handling Philadelphia this week, so maybe his need is not as high. But... Uh, I still like him a lot. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I got to go Robinson on this one. Yeah, it's, it's easy for me. Yep. Kickers and defense is always a toss-up. If I have to pick anybody, I'm not going underdogs here. I got to go Tim's team over Peter. Peter will be another 0-6 probably at the end of this fantasy week coming up. Yep. Really pushing that case race and his advantage right there. Yep. I'm sorry, Pete, but, yeah, I got to go Tim's Tim's way here. I just want to point out one thing, though, too, is um, we were talking about receivers earlier, and Tim, I forgot that he has Chris Godman down here 
on his bench in IR. Um, it's unfortunate that he hasn't been healthy enough to even be able to participate these past several weeks because I know that's a that was Tim's keeper. Is somebody that he wanted to rely on to put up good fantasy numbers each and every week. But um, that's a bummer not having him. But I want to comment on Tim's team and say that his team is extremely deep. Um, I mean, even David Johnson is on his, his bench. I mean, how many how many fantasy owners who own him are actually stashing him on the bench? So he's very deep at running back. I think he's rather deep at wide receiver, not to mention he's got the best tight end in the game um, but I'd say Tim you you pretty much blew it out of the, the water here when it came to draft day and I know you're the most active on waiver wire by far I don't even it's know it's not even up. close yeah it's not even close you're, he's probably almost at a hundred waiver wire transactions wasn't there a uh, stipulation that we were going to make years ago that every waiver wire transaction you had to put in a dollar to pay for the next year's keg. I want to say that it was my first year joining the league. But I tell you what, Tim, you'd be already nearly halfway there to a new keg if, uh, if you keep it up. So, You know, we uh, might have to bring that up next draft. Yeah, let's, let's, let's bring that up. Might as well. Tim might be pretty much buying the keg yeah, at the end of the year. It doesn't you didn't matter even who. lose the league. You're yeah. just going to end up buying it anyway, man. I like it. All right, going up to the last matchup of the week coming up. Down with Jasik, Todd's team, going up against Bushlight Matters, which is Josh. This one has Todd at 52% winning this game at 120.66 points to 118.57 points, which it is going to be a close one. doesn't look like anybody other than Cam Newton might not be playing it says na right now so he might have to find a backup quarterback to play so who knows i doubt cam's gonna play might have to put in someone else like breeze up but breeze is on a bye might have to be going through the waiver to pick someone up but yeah starting it off quarterbacks if Cam Newton does play, I would it would be close to make him the winner over Ryan Tannehill with Josh's team. Because Tannehill had a great game and he does have the running ability. He rushed for like it was like a twelve or eleven yard rushing touchdown last night. But I'm liking I think I would have to pick Tannehill over Newton in this one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Newton coming off a, a week with COVID. Who's does he even play this weekend? We don't even know yet. So Tannehill, big surprise there. That guy's been slinging the ball, and he looks good. Um, three touchdowns last night, not to mention one on the ground. So um, I'm going to go with the safe floor here, and I'm going to pick Tannehill. He's probably the underdog in this matchup, but I mean, I I do like him a lot. Yep. Now going down to the wide receivers. I love Josh's receivers. I hate going up against them. <laughs> Doesn't matter who it is. He is also up there with having the best receiver core. He has D Hop and Amari Cooper going against Allen Robinson and DJ Chark, which now DJ Chark is questionable. He didn't have that great of a week last week. He only got 3.1 points. Hasn't been looking good. I mean, the week before he had 25 
but it did help out with 12 points coming with the two touchdowns. Allen Robinson is a great receiver. Should have left the Bears to find another good team because he is a great receiver. Does put up good numbers. But compared to D-Hop and Amari Cooper, that's just unfair. Yeah, those are two big names, two of the best in the game right now. Honestly, when Josh took Hopkins in his first round, I thought it was probably the worst selection that anybody could have made. Um, not that Hopkins is a bad player, but it's brand-new offense, brand-new quarterback. He's got to get involved in the system. But my goodness, is that guy, is that guy Eaton? He looks great. Um, he's, he's probably looking like one of the best receivers in the league right now, easily top three. So I like him. I like Amari Cooper. We've talked about it, though, earlier tonight. Who's Andy Dalton going to throw the ball to? A lot of mouths to feed, a lot of people that are going to be demanding targets. Um, I love Allen Robinson. I really, I really do. He's looked very solid these past couple weeks. Um, but with Chark being questionable, I don't know if I can – give this to Todd so um, I'm definitely going to take Cooper definitely going to take Hopkins in this matchup here yep if anything he could have put Michael Thomas up there but he is on a bye week and who knows with that situation punching some dude in the face yeah so I don't actually have not heard what had happened here so do you mind enlightening me on on this story yeah so there was a little altercation with him with teammates at practice last weekend going into the game uh there was not real much that i know about what was said but i have to feel like if someone at michael thomas's level gets heated that much to punch some dude in the face had to be something serious but you gotta hold yourself you're arguably the best wide receiver you need to be out there can't be fighting with your teammates if this was Antonio Brown he would have been cut right away so who knows hopefully he doesn't go down that path of being cut from a team and then people not wanting to pick him up because he is a great receiver never heard any problems about him up until now so hopefully it's not a trend yeah I don't know what happened with him there hopefully it doesn't happen again I mean been disappointing this is Todd's keeper here in the second round so he hasn't been able to play only got him three points this whole season yeah that's rough it is really rough um but I think there is still some good stuff here though I mean Todd's got to think another bye week gives him another week to rest up get healthy Todd's team looks very good um, I'll say this too, like Tim's team, Todd is very deep, especially at the running back position. I don't think he's going to have any problem at least making the playoffs from what it's looking like. So if he's 3-2 and two going through five weeks here without being able to play his second-round pick uh, for at least four weeks, I think he's fine. If, um, if he can hold out one more week here, he'll have – Thomas back in his lineup next week and I think he's going to be in top shape so um, now it would be a different story here if it would be Allen Robinson and Michael Thomas I think we'd have (laughs) 
a much better competition. But uh, And that one would be very, very difficult to choose from. But until Thomas is back, and um, I guess Todd's just got to keep rolling here. But I think he's fine. Yep. Now going down to the running backs, Todd has Elliott and Montgomery to Josh's Sanders and Aaron Jones. Elliott, I feel like, will be the highest scorer out of all four running backs this week just because of Andy Dalton being the starter there. They'll probably rely on him more, and they are going up against Arizona. Chandler Jones is out for the season, bicep Mm. injury, just like Ray Lewis did a few years ago. But I feel like... If I have to pick anybody, it's going to be Todd's running backs because Sanders Sanders is not a bad running back, but is going up against Baltimore. And Aaron Jones might help out with the slack over there going up against Tampa Bay because Aaron Jones has been balling out this year and really helping out Aaron Rodgers over there. But I have to go with Todd's running backs. Yeah, this one's tough. Um, I think it may be one of the toughest kind of matchups here so one thing uh miles sanders so he played what he played pittsburgh defense last week and he had 11 rush attempts for 80 yards now one of those rush attempts was a big one and he got a score and about what was it 72 yards i believe on just one so he only had 10 rushes for eight yards outside of that still two touchdowns on the day on a very tough run uh, run defense there. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be able to have the same sort of production against Baltimore. Um, maybe if he's utilized in the passing game a little bit more, get some more of those half points uh, for each catch, he'd be all right. Uh, love Aaron Jones. He has definitely stepped it up this year. He's actually just producing just about the same as he did last year. I was not high on him going into this year, and I cannot believe how well he is doing. But Josh's guys look great. I do think Zeke is the the big guy here, especially with the, a backup quarterback under center. you got to figure that they're going to be going running back uh, heavy, at least in this game. I'm a little worried about David Montgomery at times, though. You never know which Montgomery you're going to get. Last Thursday, he looked great. Uh, ended up with 15.4 fantasy points and a score on that night. It was the first rushing touchdown that any Chicago Bear had on the season. But... Uh, weeks prior haven't looked the best he's had great week two against a nice matchup on Giants but it's tough to say now Carolina is very generous when giving points to opposing running backs so I think he should be okay I this one's tough I'm just matchup based I have to lead lead Todd's way though Uh, Baltimore and Tampa Bay are two tough defenses and um, that's how I gotta go here though Yep, that's why I swung that way, just because of the matchups. Now, going down to the tight ends, you got Tyler Higby for Todd and Mike Jasicki for Josh. Mike Jasicki's going against the Jets, and Higby's going against San Fran. Jasicki tore up San Fran last week. You got... Five for 91. Yeah, five for 91. He's not terrible for a tight end. No. Tight end, if he got into a touchdown, would have been a great day. So I feel like that's going to be the same thing for Higby this coming up week. But Jasicki against the Jets, is he could probably do the same exact thing. 
it's not going to be that different. So this, this to me is going to be a tie. It, it could really be close. One could score maybe a half point above the other. So um, I know Todd has Hunter Henry there on his bench, which would definitely be useful in this kind of matchup here. But um, bye week's hurting there. I don't know if I can trust Higby. He is super boomer bust here. Let's see. He has five or few targets in each of the games this year. Um, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods take all of that target share and give nothing to Tyler Higby. Not to mention Everett is also there and being used. Um, so it's tough to be able to start this guy with confidence. Um, I do think that week two was kind of a fluke, if I'm being honest. I have to go Gusecki's way here. Um, great matchup. I mean, just Jets are just awful. I mean... That is a defense that you want to beat up on. Um, although he is not as consistent either. So you are right. Last week, great week. Um, anybody who's, any tight end that's going five for 91, that is a startable tight end there. It's, it's a very hard position to fill, but I definitely think Gusecki's got this one here. Yep. If I, if I did have to pick anybody, it would be Gusecki. But what Jasicki did against San Fran, I feel like the Rams would utilize that. So it is going to be close. If I had to pick anybody, it would be Jasicki. Going down to the flex, you got Moatster going up against Devontae Parker. And I think Parker might be the go-to guy for Fitzmagic over there. Even though he doesn't get the targets... But he gets yards after catch with those targets. It's not terrible. If he does get a touchdown, it'll help out. If not, he's not getting double-digit unless he does have another performance where he goes 10 for 110. But then Modester is still coming off that injury. He did have a great week last week, 11 for 90. Nothing else, really. But... Moatster will probably be the one who outscores the other here. I'd say Moatster will probably get 15. He'll probably get a couple catches. And I think he does get at least in the end zone, either receiving or rushing. Yeah, I mean, in the three games he's played, uh, he's had a very safe floor. Um, now, granted, a couple of those weeks have been the production came on very long plays early in in the game. Um, but if he's able to keep this kind of work up, I think he's an easy flex play each and every week. Um, I just can't go Parker's way due to the lack of receptions here. Or no, I'm sorry, not receptions, targets. Um, not to mention, I just realized now that Josh is doing something similar to me in that he has a tight end and a receiver starting that both play on the same team. So... It's never nice having to divvy up those sort of targets between two players because you never sh- you're never sure who's actually going to get that majority or if anybody does at all. But you got to like the Jets matchup too. But for me here, I got to stick with um, Mostert. Yep. All right. Kickers and defense is always a toss up. If I have to pick anybody, it's going to be the underdog once again. I have to go with Yahoo on this one. 
and pick Todd's team over Josh's. Just hopefully these two 5-0 and teams just lose this week to help that gap out a little bit. Yeah. That, that'd be great, just to make it a little bit more competitive. Yeah. Get these lower teams up there, win a couple, get these upper teams, lose, and the mid stay there. Even though I'm there, I'd like to win this week against you, hopefully. <laughs> so other than that, that well, who do you think will win this one? I like Todd in this one, if I'm being honest. Um, I just realized Josh is missing Russell Wilson on a bye week. Uh, that's huge. Um, now, I do think it lies within the quarterback, though. I, I forgot. Todd also has Breeze on the bench on a bye week. So if Cam doesn't play, I don't know who he plugs in. Uh, and that's a little bit of concern, too. So I still have to go his way. I do think the skilled positions on his roster are better, uh, with the exception of the tight end, uh, which I'm not very fond of. But I do think his team has some relatively good matchups this week uh, opposed to Josh's. Um, Tampa Bay and Baltimore for at least the running backs is definitely going to prove to be a tough matchup. And um, But, yeah, I do want to see I do want to see some of these top dogs get knocked down a peg, you know. So good luck to both of them. All right. And that will conclude the podcast for this coming up fantasy football weekend. I'd like to give a special shout out to uh, my listener over there in Turkey. That was pretty cool to see you uh, coming in and listening. And also, shout out over there in Seattle, Washington. It's kind of cool seeing all these people from all over listening to this uh, podcast of uh, this small little town in Maryland seeing how many people are around the nation and now the world listening to this podcast. Uh, I will take some questions if you uh, want to shoot me an email over at allopodcast98 at gmail.com. Just about any of your uh, fantasy football questions you may have, and I could probably help you out. But that concludes the episode, so thank you all. Have a great fantasy football week.